Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. If you would, quickly, we'll teach here for just a few moments. Matthew chapter 8, then we'll go to the book of Acts. Now, although we do want to stay with our subject of healing, health, divine healing, many of these principles that we teach on are relevant to receiving from God. Financially, amen. Uh, Whatever else you may have need of, you might be believing God for a home, you might be believing God for increased income, you might need a breakthrough, might need a business idea, I don't know what it is, but you know, the, the, the laws of God when it comes to receiving are the same. You know, the way you receive salvation, well, you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. God raised Jesus from the dead, and your confession obtained that which was already supplied for you, which was salvation. And I'd like to declare tonight, you're as healed as you are saved. You say, well, why does it, be, why does it seem to be such a struggle many times? Well, because you, you have flesh. Flesh has feelings. Your body talks to you, especially through the conduit of pain, discomfort. Haven't ever been in pain before, amen? You know, I mean, it's, a, it's terrible to be in pain, horrible to be in pain. And uh, thank God God's made provision for that. But, you know, there is that fight that takes place many times to, to obtain and receive healing. And I think what we've done, I think we've muddied the waters. I, I, I really do. As I have two things, as I've studied the Word, meditated upon the Word, and as I've kind of reviewed the past, the great healing revival, and not even, even the healing revival, but those that would just teach on healing and people that would receive, I think the church has gotten away from teaching on divine healing. Well, that's one of the reasons a lot of Christians are sick. They just don't have any information. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking, a group of people that they know and, and, and uh, fellowship with, were talking about how many of them, well, they believe God heals, can heal, but whether he does it or does not do it is based upon what he desires to do, upon his sovereign will. Well, that's, that, that's a doctrine called Calvinism, predestination. God will heal Matt, but he won't heal Brian. You know, amen? Uh, and, but that's not true. Uh, just like whosoever is relevant to salvation, whosoever is relevant to healing. I've said it like this for salvation. Not everybody gets saved, but everybody can be. I've said it like this for healing. Not everybody gets healed, but everybody can be. Amen? Well, if you'll just make the decision, I can be, you will be. Now, so there seems to be, uh, we get religious ideas in our mind. Much of the, of the negative doctrine against healing comes from unanswered prayer. You know, somebody believed for, for so-and-so to be healed, and they weren't. They died. Oh, well, you know, I mean, what if you treated doctors like that? Amen. So, well, I believed in doctor to keep mama alive, but mama died, so now I don't believe in doctors anymore. Well, that'd be just crazy, wouldn't it? Well, you know, there are people, you don't know every circumstance. And another thing is you cannot gauge a person's faith. You don't know whether a person's in faith or not. And, and so you also do not know what they've said in order through their own confession, their own mouth. I remember hearing the story of a young minister that died. He was in his early 30s. That was quite young to be a minister, you know, to, to, to die. And apparently no uh, a real condition of his body uh, had a major uh, heart attack and just fell over dead. And so at the funeral... Uh, the minister, the, the, I heard the testimony from the minister that preached the funeral. At the funeral, uh, the minister was just very perplexed about this young man dying, being in the ministry and having, uh, uh, you know, a pretty dynamic ministry, and God using him, and then just falling over dead. And so he got to talking to some of the people, got to talking to the, and, 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 the, and, the, and the guy used to always say, well, I'll never see my 40th birthday. 
He said that for years. He said that, he said that over and over and over and over and over and over. Well, I'll never see my 40th birthday. I've heard people say that before. I'll never live to be 21. I heard people say that when I was a kid. You know they never did. They died before they were 21. Well, see, sometimes you can set things in order through your own confession, through your own mouth, and God's not going to override his laws. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. So if you've ever said anything like that or confessed anything, then just repent of it. Remove it. Get you another confession. Amen. I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Change your confession. Amen. So tonight I want to just for a few minutes, I want to look at the authority that's in the Word of God. Because I want you to know, I, I rejoice and, and and God used us mightily 18 years in the healing ministry. And I'm not saying we have any less of a healing ministry today. But today I pastor. Amen. I pastor a church. I feed the flock of God. Now we still see healings and miracles and signs and wonders. But then during that 18 year period, it just seemed to be a, 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 a greater, how can I say it? A, a greater dimension of the anointing to minister to the sick. Because I was traveling. And many times in traveling ministry, that is a, a unique characteristic of traveling ministry, it is a healing anointing. We saw gifts of healing in operation in many different areas. But that still does not take away uh, from the ability of the Word of God to heal. Just the authority that's in the Word, being healed by the Word. I know I've related this, uh, the testimony many times, but it had an impact on me. Uh, up at Pastor Randy Ayers Church many years ago, probably, probably over 20 years ago that this took place, in a, in a certain series of meetings in which we were teaching on faith, in which uh, one of only two, I've seen two people that were blind, healed, uh, and this was one of them. The other was healed by, by the gifts of the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God in manifestation. Uh, but this woman, who was an elderly woman, was uh, declared legally blind uh, through cataracts that had developed in her eyes. And just in teaching the Word. Now, she said it to, to, to Pastor Randy and I like this. She said, when you taught on the Word, when it came to the subject of healing, you said, if I just accept it, I'd be healed. So as I was sitting there, I just accepted it. Amen. And she said, now when I, was when I said I accept my healing, she said, I said it under my breath. I accept my healing. She says, my eyes just went clear. I can see perfectly. Well, now see, there's authority that's in the Word of God. The Word of God has power. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power. Amen. So I want you to know there's enough power in the Word of God to get you healed of anything you need to be healed of. You just have to believe it. You have to get all the what ifs and, and, and we're too fours and the buts and the ands and all. You got to get all that out, get all moved all that out, get that out of your spirit and in your heart. Just simply say, I, just, I accept that. I believe it. I accept that. It's mine and I accept it. Just if somebody were to hand you a gift, you say, Well, I just accept it. You ever notice people sometimes, especially if, if somebody you want to give them something and you've never given them, maybe you don't know them that well, but you're. Uh, you feel inspired to give them, and you want to give them how they, re they, they recall, they come. No, 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 no. I don't well, you know, I don't do that no more. I, you, you give me something, I'll take it. Amen. I learned to be a gracious receiver. But you ever notice the, the, the natural human tendency to pull back from receiving? Oh, oh, oh no, man, I can't, I can't take that. I, I remember Alan and I one time, what, what did it take us that day? Uh, an hour. It took Alan and I an hour to convince a guy to take $1,000. I was going to give him a thousand. He is in great need. Needy. I said, I, I said, I said, brother, I, we were sitting in the time. Well, we was up at the beach surfing or something like that. And, we, and, and, and I said, I'm going to give you a thousand. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, no, no. It, we literally, I'm telling you, it took us an hour of arguing to the point where he finally, so reluctantly, ah, ah, I mean, I, I illustrate it like that because it was even more than that. 
Give me $1,000. I'll spend it tomorrow. Amen. We'll be going down to Needless Markup. Y'all know that? Neiman Marcus? Call it Needless Markup. Amen. Hallelujah. They're having a sale on Thursday. Praise God. I call it the half off twice the price sale. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Word can heal you. Be a gracious receiver. Don't be reluctant. Amen. Now, Matthew 8, real quick, let's read the Scripture. Praise God. It says in verse 5, When Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, a military man. He's not a Jewish man. He says, Beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Well, that, praise God. That's a great reason to rejoice right there. But now notice there in verse 8, the centurion answered said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Oh, glory to God. Just speak the word only. Just speak the word only. Everybody say, speak the word. Speak the word. Say it again. Say it one more time. Just speak the word only. Now, see, this centurion, being a military man, being a Roman, was not familiar with the Pentateuch, the law, the customs of the Jewish people. He was not familiar with any of that. But he knew this guy, Jesus, had words that were powerful. He must have somehow, someway been uh, familiar with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he says in the next few verses. But he knew that there is structure. Everybody say structure. He knew there must have been structure in the spirit realm because he understood the structure of the military. He knew there were certain liberties he had because of his rank and privilege. So he knew there were things he could do and he knew there were things he could not do because of rank and privilege. Are you with me? So he understood the structure of authority. Everybody say structure of authority. Now see, there's a structure of authority in the kingdom of God. And listen, when you put the word first, when you make the word of God your highest authority, higher than what the doctor says, higher than what the banker says, higher than what the government says, higher than what they tell you on the television or the radio, when you say the word of God is my highest authority, then you have established yourself a foundation and a plateau for faith. Well, you say, that's the final word. The word is the final word, the word of God. What God's word says, I'll stand on that. Now, notice this centurion. Notice what he does. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, listen to the confidence he has in the word. Speak the word only, and I hope he gets healed. No. Speak the word only, and maybe he'll be healed. No. Speak the word only, and man, you know, we'll just see what happens. If it doesn't come back, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Amen? No. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be. So he understood. Man, this guy, his words are different from other words. His words have healing. Oh, I should have got an amen on that. I said, his words have healed. What's it say over in Proverbs? We're in Proverbs chapter 4. My son, attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of my heart, for they are what? What? Life to those that find them. And what? Health. God, what, what Brother Hagin wrote the book? God's medicine. God's medicine. There's life in every word in the book. 
Every time you confess the word, every time you stand on the word, every time you rejoice in the word, every time you acknowledge the word, every time you put that word in its rightful place in your life and acknowledge its ability and power, you are drawing life and health into your physical body. Woo, I ought to get a better amen than that. You are drawing a lot. Every time you come to church, listen, right now you're in therapy. You are in physical therapy. Now you may think, oh, now come on. No, you are. You are sitting there and listening and hearing, and the word of life is coming into your human spirit. It's going into your human mind, and it is affecting your human body. I remember the great evangelist, Teal Osborne. One time he was asked, uh, 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 Dr. Osborne, what spiritual gifts, you know, we, we've studied spiritual gifts and we'll study them again in the future. What spiritual gifts do you believe you operate in? Working of miracles, gifts of healing. What, and this is what he said. He says, well, I'm not going to try to categorize what it is that operates in my ministry. All I know is I preach the word till people start getting healed. I like that. Preach the word till people start getting healed. Speak the word till that healing starts manifesting. Stay in the word. Speak the word. Confess the word. Hear the word. Stand on the word. Rejoice in the word. You say, well, you just think that, that, that word's just everything. It is. Amen. Speak the word, and my servant shall be healed. Now, notice, here, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad the centurion teaches us a little bit here. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, saying unto this man, Go. And he goeth to another come, and he cometh to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so. Now notice what he says. Jesus says this, great faith. Amen. I, I, that, Jesus was standing there doing what? Marveling at the faith of a man who hadn't been to a Bible school, a man who had not studied the law, a man who was not... A, a priest of any kind, a man who was not a Sadducee or a Pharisee, actually an uncoveted Roman citizen that had nothing to do with the things of God, but he understood authority and he understood the words this man Jesus speaks, they have power and they have authority. And Jesus said, buddy, you got some great faith. Every time Jesus, there's only one other time Jesus identified faith as being great and both people that he identified faith as being great in were people that were not Jewish. Isn't that interesting? I said, isn't that interesting? So great faith does what? Just needs the word. All great faith needs is the word. Now, I thank God for the laying on of hands. I thank God for the anointing with oil. I thank God for the tangible anointing. I thank God for the gifts of, the, gifts of healing, working of miracles. I thank God for all the signs and wonders. Amen. But that just shows us how many different ways God has to get our bodies healed. So if you'll press in and believe God. And I always say this. Start with the word. Because that's something you can do. So I'm waiting for Brother Joe Morris to come back. That may be a year from now. That may be two years from now. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord says about our fall harvest this year. So I'm going to wait for Benny Hinn to come to, to Houston. Well, we don't know if he's scheduled to come or not. You could die in between now and then. You could really suffer in between now and then. But you can stand on the word tonight. You can make a decision to make a stand on the Word and accept your healing. Accept your healing by the Word tonight. I accept it, Lord. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastisement on my peace was upon him. By his stripes I kneel, Isaiah 15. I stand on it. I accept it, Lord. 
The law of the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the law of sin and death. I accept it, Lord. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. I accept it. I accept that. It's mine. It's mine in Jesus' name. Now, real quick, look, go, go to Acts and we'll wind this up. Is this helping anybody tonight? See, these little, these little Sunday night services are powerful. I mean, if you'll sit in them and take notes and review what we're saying, I guarantee you, you may have been suffering with a certain condition for many years, but I guarantee you healing will start working in you and working in you and working in you. Next thing you know, you'll be totally healed. You may not even have to have hands laid on you, be anointed with oil or anything else. You just sit under the teaching of the Word, and the Word will heal you. Amen? Now, did I tell you Acts chapter 14? Acts chapter 14. Look here just for a moment. Acts chapter 14, verse 8. It says, there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. It says in the Amplified, who found it impossible to use his feet. A certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Now, I found this interesting. I've heard this taught on many times, and I never saw this till this afternoon. I never saw it till this afternoon. As I was meditating on this and looking at this particular scripture, I noticed something. This man had a birth defect. This man had a birth defect. Amen. So he doesn't really need a miracle, uh, healing. He needs a miracle. He, there doesn't need to be a removal of sickness and disease from his body. There needs to be an alteration in the physical form of the way in which he was born. So he's needing a miracle. He's needing an absolute miracle. I don't know uh, what condition that was or if his feet may have been clubbed or turned in or ill-deformed or whatever they may have been, if there may, uh, may have uh, needed to be something added to his feet, something taken away from his feet, if bone or muscle or tenure, but whatever it was, he needed a miracle from God. Now notice this. He sat there uh, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. Now notice, very, this is so simple. That's, that's why we have to keep it so simple. The same heard Paul speak. So we know Paul. Amen. We know Paul. He's one of we. He's a regular person around here. We teach and preach. When we get to heaven, we're all going to be hanging around Paul because we talk about so much about him. Amen. Because we, we look at his letters. We, we, we preach his messages. Uh, we rejoice in his testimony. So we know what he's speaking. He's not up giving a cooking lesson. He's not up talking about the economy of Rome. He's not up, you know, making, cutting. We know what Paul's doing. How many know what Paul's doing? He's, pre he's preaching the word. He's preaching the word. He's preaching the word, preaching the word. Remember we said earlier, he's the one that said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power, amen. He's preaching the word, so if he's preaching the word, he's preaching power. He's releasing power as he's doing this. Every time the word preached is preached, power is released. Now, whether you receive it or not, it's up to you. But every time the word is preached, I wish we could just for a moment, maybe just one servant could see in the spirit realm how when the word is preached, what goes on in the spirit realm? How demons and darkness recoils and pulls back and how light comes. How angels, I had a friend of mine, he was teaching a, a message, he was preaching a message, he called it the double stir. Remember the, 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 the porch where the people laid and the, and the angel would come down and trouble the waters, that John chapter 5, trouble the waters and whoever was first into the water and then Jesus came and by his word healed somebody that was there at the pool. Amen. Well, he preached on the double stir, the working of miracles and the teaching of the word. 
And so he started, uh, as he was preaching uh, this particular meeting, just so happened like this in this meeting, uh, he began to give uh, words of knowledge out for people to be healed. They began to come up. Nobody made it to the altar. They'd get about halfway to the altar, and they'd get blown across the, blown across the, uh, the, the church. One ended up on the wall. One ended up back over here. One of them rolling up, behind, up, up under the seats. He said it was the craziest thing he ever saw. He said, and he stood back like this, and he said, it looked like a whirlwind went through the crowd. He said, people were just flying all over the place, hitting the ground, laughing, rejoicing, praising God, jumping up and running, screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. So he got to his, his, his hotel room. He said, he got on his knees and he said, God, Lord, what happened? What in the world happened? And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, when you started preaching on the anointing and miracles and the word working together, the angels that were present at the meeting got so excited, they started running in circles. He said, they started running in circles. The faith of the people rose to such a level. It began to draw on the power of God, and it created a spiritual whirlwind, and wherever it went, people got healed. You say, is that in the Bible? No, it's in the meeting. Now, we don't go around and teach on that, but it was an experience that happened that took place. Right now, there's angels in here. They're going, listen to the word. One of them may be standing right over you say, you almost there. Almost, just, just listen, listen, listen to the word, listen to the word. During a praise and worship, angels were doing what? They were flying around, worshiping God, praising God. You know, if we could just see into the spirit realm, just get a glimpse. You say, well, why can't we? Because we need faith. We live in a dispensation in which faith is required of us, but it's as real, it's as real as the carpet, as the pulpit, as anything else that's going on. It's just as real. Amen? Now, notice what it says here. The same who heard Paul speak, who beholding him, Paul's beholding, Paul's looking at him, and perceiving he had faith to be healed. Now, there is a perception. I've seen it many times. When you may be, teaching the word, preaching the word, and, and, you, and you, it's easier in a smaller crowd. Larger crowds, it's not that easy. But it does happen. But, but you'll see somebody, and you'll notice, huh, they're received. They're, 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 faith's coming to them. I remember a particular a revival meeting I preached. I went there, and man, I don't know what was up with that church. It was just, it was tough. And so we started on Sunday morning, and, and, and man, I preached and got, got there Sunday night and preached. But there, were, there was a, a man and a woman that were over here, and everything I'd say, they'd say, amen, praise the Lord. So I just went over and stood in front of them, preached for three nights. He got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and healed. She got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and healed. Their kids got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they all three left that church and came to where I was going to church and went to Bible school. Amen? So obviously, they were receiving from God. There is a perception. Now, notice here, it doesn't say anything. People say, well, what gift of the Spirit? doesn't really say there was any gift of the Spirit in operation. doesn't say there was any special anointing, special manifestation. It was Paul was preaching the Word, preaching the Word, preaching the Word, and he focused. He began to look at this guy, and this guy's sitting there, and he can tell, faith's coming to this guy. Are you with me? So then he did this. He said, and he said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. Amen. Now, so Paul, what? Inspired by the Holy Ghost, just a spiritual perception. Doesn't say it's a word of knowledge. Doesn't say it's any type of spiritual gift and manifestation. Just a perception. You know, you have that yourself. There are things you perceive by your spirit. It's really no gift of the spirit. It's really no special manifestation. It's just your human spirit. And you perceive, you can tell. So he just said it. Get up. 
Stand upright on your feet. Get up on your feet. Now what happened? It said, he leaped and walked. Now wait a second, wait a second. He'd been crippled from his mother's womb. A birth defect, most probably a birth defect had happened. So when he heard the word, when he heard the word, not Paul's ministry, not the gifts of the Spirit. We don't belittle those things at all. We welcome them. We love them. But I believe God put that in here for us to understand. As he preached the word, as he preached, no laying on of hands. Amen. No anointing with oil. He just stood back. Stand upright on your feet. And the guy received a miracle from God. From the power of the word being preached or taught. Now the same thing is true of us, church. We serve the same God. We preach the same word. We have the same Holy Ghost. We have the same Redeemer. And the same brand or type of faith, if that's what you want to call it, is in you that's in this man. The same word that we teach and preach, that Paul teaches and preaches, that same word is what we teach and preach. So why should it be any different? Keep it simple. Just keep it simple. When you hear the word taught, just receive it at face value. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to rationalize it. You see, I think, and I, and I heard a preacher say this years ago, and I, and I do agree. We've educated our minds at the expense of our spirits. We are the most educated society to ever live on the planet. We're the generation that went to the moon, the generation with computers. Where they, the, 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 the deal they said the other day, the little uh, the iPhones we carry have more technology in them than the Apollo space program that sent us to the moon. That's amazing. You carry that in your hand right now. And they'll take that. They'll take that computer that created that, and it'll be obsolete next week, and they'll have something better. And exponentially, information, knowledge is doing what? Exploding, increasing, going around the world at an incredible level. An incredible level. So we've educated our minds at the expense of our spirits. But it does not mean we cannot press in to the spirit realm and feed our spirits, feed on the Word of God, stand on the Word of God, tell our minds to shut up, especially when it hinders us from receiving, tell our intellect, I'm not going that direction, and make a decision to be a person and to be people of the Word of God, our word for salvation, our word for prosperity, our word for healing, our word for for deliverance, our word for the will of God for our lives as individuals, our word for the destiny of our church as a corporate body, our word, His word, our word for the hour in which we live. Sets us free, keeps us blessed, delivers us in every area. All you need to do is hear the word. Amen? That help you tonight? Lift your hands up and thank God for His word. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. The word is my heart's desire. Thank you, Father for your word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stand on your feet, Father. We bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.